If you're a mom, you're a superhero. That's right. Own it. We possess a unique superpower of intuition, a sixth sense for what our kids are up to, how they feel, what they want, and when they want it. Yep, it's amazing. I call this mom sense. Oftentimes, we are Googling for answers, joining Facebook groups, or relegating to taking unsolicited advice from our friends when all we have to do is listen to that voice inside us. No, not the one that's telling you you're fat. The other voice, the one that seems to know everything when it comes to your kids and leaves you feeling confident, empowered, purposeful, and all things hashtag mom goals. Hi, I'm Kanika Chadda Gupta, and I'm a mother of twin toddlers and a baby, double the fun plus one. And I can honestly say that now that I'm a mom, I feel like my life is just getting started. On my podcast, I interview industry experts and real-life mamas on their MomSense experiences, tackling topics like how to teach kids to meditate, what it takes to have the marriage you've always dreamed of, and how to master your car makeup routine. Grab your latte that's probably ice cold by now and take a listen to That's Total Mom Sense. So in my opinion, the most challenging facet to being a parent is wondering if you're making good decisions for your kids. Should I sleep train or not? How much screen time? Should I opt for a nanny or daycare? When are we doing away with bottles? When to start potty training? And these small problems evolve when we have tweens and adolescents who are faced with peer pressure, bullying, self-esteem issues, keeping up with competitive academic environments, honing in on their passions, and being socially accepted. Sue Groner is the founder of The Parenting Mentor, which provides on-site and virtual sessions for parents of toddlers through teens. As a University of Pennsylvania Wharton School graduate and a former advertising executive, Groner uses her training in creative problem solving with her clear methodology to help parents foster and maintain a more fulfilling and stress-free experience while in the trenches of the day-to-day child rearing. She lives in New York with her husband and two children. So one of the quotes I want to start this episode off with is from her book, and it's by Dr. Elliot Barsh, a pediatrician. One of the most frustrating aspects of parenting is that there is no school for it. You learn by doing. Sue Groner's parenting tips provide immediate access to wise and loving guidance that can help when navigating the many day-to-day challenges we encounter when raising children. Her big picture, common sense approach offers parents a toolbox that allows them to act from a position of confidence. Sue, welcome to That's Total Mom Sense. Oh, thanks so much for having me. (laughs) Most welcome. Okay, so let's start from the very beginning. What were you like as a young mother? Well, I wasn't a young mother, <laughs> but as a mother of very little kids, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of fun. Like, I really enjoyed the process. Um, you know, there were times where I was exhausted and frustrated, but for the most part, when they were really little, I had a lot of enjoyment through that phase. As they got a little older, It got a little harder, and by the time my kids were in middle school, I was a very stressed out and anxious parent. Mm. So tell us, um, well, tell us about your kids, your son and your daughter, and that, you know, the transition into becoming tweens. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my kids now, my son's going to be 20 in two weeks. Oh, wow. And my daughter's 22. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I finally figured out how to how to get it all right. Yeah, you made Um, it. (laughs) Yeah, and hopefully, you know, the reason for the parenting mentor is so I can share that with other parents so they don't have to go through the phases that I did, which we're we're trying. Mm -hmm. When did you realize that, like, you know what, I'm I'm hitting a breaking point when you had your middle schoolers? I, I think I felt like I had to control everything that they were doing. You know, I they needed to get their homework done. They needed to be cleaning their room. They needed to be going to bed at a certain time. They needed to be practicing their instrument. They needed, like, it was just this constant crazy thing that I was going through. Right. Instead of, like, looking at them as individuals and treating them that way, I kind mm-hmm. of, like, you know, I, mm-hmm. I say now that I think so many parents look at their role as this, as parents as this 18-year engineering project. (laughs) And I can relate to that because I think I was doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, fortunately, 
I stopped myself and I took a huge step back and it made a really big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it was a process to learn how to do that and to learn how to communicate with my kids in a way that they would be open to listening and that wasn't judgmental. Absolutely. So you had a career in advertising before this. Tell us a little bit about that and then how you made the shift into this parenting space. Well, there were a lot of different careers along mm-hmm. the way. Yeah. Um, you know, it's okay to try different things. Yes. You know, if you asked me, was I going to be the parenting mentor? <laughs> now I would say I wouldn't even know what that was. Yeah, yeah, you it's know? so true. I, mean, I actually think that, you know, there are so many jobs that haven't even been created yet. Right, Because of right. the way technology is changing so much. Absolutely. That, um, yeah, so I did a whole bunch of different things. And, you know, I did start out in advertising and mm-hmm. account management. Um, you know, and yeah, it was creative problem solving. Right. Which I've kind of done through every little, you know, job that I've had, every career that I've had. Yes. You know, I did this tiny little real estate development project for an organization in Bedford where my kids were going to school. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that was how are we going to get this done? How are we going to raise the money? How are we going to get it executed? Um, And I had to use a lot of different tools and skills to be able to get that done. You know, I was the director of marketing for a music production company mm-hmm. for about five years. You know, same thing. How am I going to get this company known and, you know, well-known and have lots of clients? And, right. Um, thinking a little bit out of the box, thinking about solving certain problems, asking the right questions. Um, I think so much of it has to do with asking questions yes. and knowing what questions to ask. Um, and so tell us about this shift that you had in your life, the impetus for you kind of founding the Parenting Mentor. Um, well, for one thing, I realized that I was going to be an empty nester sooner than I had planned mm-hmm. because my son begged and begged to go to boarding school. Oh. And finally, we gave in and let him go within, you know, an hour from our house. Okay. Oh, <laughs> so that's great. I see him a lot. And it was, you know, I'm amazed that he had the foresight to see what a great experience this would be for him. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's wow. still really great friends with all his friends from home. And you know, he just wanted to do this. Um, and so at that point, I started thinking about, you know, maybe my next move. And I'd been in the process of, on my own, of really working through all these different parenting things. And I started to help a lot of other people who were just come to me and ask me questions, whether it's someone I met, whether it was my physical therapist, whether mm-hmm. it was good friends of mine who had younger kids or even kids my own, my own kids' ages. Right. And I all of a sudden had this whole new outlook on how to parent. And... I was getting a lot of very positive feedback and Mm -hmm. I was getting a lot of, you know, you really should do this for as a make it a business kind of comments too. And I finally said, you know what? This is a great idea. This is, and this is going to feel good. Yes. Yes. Feel good to me to help parents kind of deal with these everyday inevitable stresses. Like you can have the most wonderful kids in Mm -hmm. the world, Mm -hmm. but no one is exempt from that kind of stress and anxiety. That just happens. Exactly. It just happens. So true. So true. Um, so tell us about the Parenting Mentor and some of the work you do and the clients you work with. Well, my reason for being really is to help parents be less stressed and anxious. Yeah, yeah sure. And be happier and more relaxed through the process, through your life as a parent. I work with all different kinds of clients. Right. I work with parents with, you know, kids who are, you know, maybe 18 months and up. Yeah. I don't really work in the newborn, you know, first year phase because there's so many experts who just deal with those kinds of issues. Sure. Um, But once a kid is like 18 months, two years old, all the way up to, believe it or not, um, parents with adult children because... You know, there are a lot of issues that can come up with that, too. I'm sure some of your listeners may be those adult children that are having the issues with their own parents. Right, Um, right. So, you know, I think we have to think about this as an ongoing process. But once you kind of learn the basics and you can really buy into them, Mm -hmm. then you shouldn't have 
problems down the road. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's really, really um, yeah. promising to hear. <laughs> yeah. You know, I work one-on-one. I work with the, you know, both partners. I can do it online, you know, whether it's Skype or Zoom. Mm-hmm. I do small groups up to eight, either, the again, in person or via Zoom. Okay. And I'm getting into the corporate arena as well because I think that full-time working parents really need support and I think you know it's some something that companies should really start offering. What do you think in this day and age the biggest challenge that parents face is? I think now like I said before that the challenges that we think are the challenges are those that come from the engineering aspects. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Because the things that cause us stress are our kids not getting their homework done or not behaving in a certain way or not working hard enough at something that, you know, or they're not sitting down nicely at the table when they're three years old. And we project onto them as adults, which is a really big problem. Like, and, you know, it's, it's a natural thing to do. But when we look at our three-year-old or our eight-year-old and think, oh my God, they're doing this now. That means that's how they're going to be as an adult. It causes us to be so worried that we feel we need to jump in and change this right away. Right. And I say, instead of this engineering project, let's look at our role differently. Mm. Let's look at raising self-reliant resilient children Mm -hmm. who have good problem-solving skills and good coping mechanisms. Right. You know, and and parents say to me all the time, I just want my kids to be happy. Uh Well, first of all, what does happy represent? Right. I mean, and everyone has a different explanation. No one's happy all the time. Yeah. To me, happy is knowing that I can get through my life, I can get through a day or a week or a month, knowing if something bad happens or if something's challenging or tricky, that I can handle it. Yes. You know, if I'm sad or upset or whatever that is, I know that I will be able to work through this issue. Mm. So to me, learning those skills was really important. And if we don't think about, I just want my kids to be happy, we think about, I want to know that my kid can handle being unhappy. Yeah, My kid can handle frustration, can handle disappointment, can handle worry. Right. All those, like, really natural emotions, emotions that are yeah. so much a part of life. Right, right. Then we don't have to worry so much. We don't have to jump in and try to fix everything all the time, you know? <laughs> it's so true. It's like, it's I so remember, true. like, I was one of those parents who wanted to fix everything. You know, if my child wasn't happy, I would yeah. want to fix it. Yes. And make sure I could do whatever it was to make them happy. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, like, completely the opposite. Right. Now when my Let kids them work through it. have something, I mean, listen, let's face it. Kids right now don't have a whole lot of adversity in their lives. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty lucky. And so when they do, I think we need to kind of celebrate that in a way and say, this is great. This is now not a problem. This is an opportunity for my child to start to develop a little bit of those things. Right. To develop some resilience. Yeah. To develop some coping mechanisms and problem-solving skills and self-reliance. That's fantastic. Um, So what is one thing that you think parents, again, in society at this point in time, are doing well? I think a lot of parents now are not trying to pigeonhole their children into one thing Mm, or another. Yes, that's changed Um, generationally. Yeah, I think that, you know, gender norms are less prevalent than they were. I mean, I really hope that that continues Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's just, I mean, and it's hard because we were conditioned in a certain way. Right. You know, and if you, you sometimes you don't even think about the ways that you were conditioned. You just it just is a fact yes. in your own head. Mm-hmm. You know, you grew up in a household where you were there pretty much for eighteen years, and those were and your parents were your parents. Yeah, and what they said kind of went right. You didn't right. even have the experience that say your partner had, yes, or your best friend had, or any other parent that you will see. Yeah, and so we come to it all with 
very different ideas of what's right and what's wrong, which also, by the way, can cause a lot of the stress between partners Mm -hmm. in terms of the parenting. Right. But I think just even like gender roles were, they were very more identifiable I think when we were children, yeah. as a child, yeah. than they are now. Absolutely. I think working away from that is, a, is great. It's a positive change. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Tell us about the CLEAR method. So the CLEAR method is an acronym. It's one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. I love acronyms. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> and this one stands for communication, love, empathy, awareness, rules and respect so my clear has two r's to it yes yeah that's right (laughs) um you know once you kind of figure out and work with me and hear lots of different examples how to use it it really becomes sort of the the template for handling issues that you have with your children i mean i can give you an example Mm -hmm. that's probably for older kids but i think this one really works is the cell phone you know and some parents will come to me and go, I can't take it. My child's on their phone all the time. I want to, like, smash it. Right, you know? right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> take it and smash it. And they won't even look up. Yeah, the <laughs> first question I say is, what are your rules around like, cell phones? Right. You know, or with mm-hmm. the iPad or whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? And they say, we don't have any. And I'm like, all right, well, first of all, you have to have rules. Yes, yes, yes. They're really important. Right. When your kids are really little, you need to set the rules yourself. Right. When your kids are a little bit older, engage them mm-hmm. in helping you to set the rules. Right, because right. Because then they get skin in the game. Yes. But the first thing in the communication process and this whole clear thing is understanding why they want to be on their phone. Like it's right. how, with anything with your children, if you can try to be them put yourself in the mind of a two-year-old or an eight-year-old or a 12-year-old whatever Mm. it is and think back if you're that age how would you be feeling right now right right right. and so to me the cell phone thing is a great way to be connected to your friends and that's a wonderful thing Mm -hmm. yes yes like I used to come home and my parents would say, why are you on the phone? You're with your friends all day. Get off the phone. <laughs> know, you know, know, of course, my phone uh, yeah. had a cord to it. Right, um, I remember I that. Kid, but yeah. um, it's the same thing. I yes. wanted to stay connected. Mm-hmm. And you know what? How great for kids now that they can be connected to a whole group at the same time. Oh, right, right. It's so easy to make plans. Yes, you yeah. Know? <laughs> and it's just fun to communicate and share things that are going on. Mm-hmm. And so if you Go into the conversation like that and say, hey, you're so lucky that you have this. Yeah. You know, and it's great. And I love that you stay connected with your friends. You know, but there's some times where it would be really, it's good to not be on our phones also. Mm -hmm. You know, and you can acknowledge too how you use your own phone. Right. You know, I it's great for me. I like to stay connected to my friends. It's great and very efficient way for me to get a lot of business done and make mm-hmm. appointments and whatever whatever it is. But then I feel good putting it away for a while. Right. Let's talk about, you know, when are times as a family where we can put our phones away? Yes. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so now like I'm showing empathy. I'm speaking from love, mm. I'm not, I don't want to be angry at this person that I gave birth to or, right. or whatever exactly. that I love so much. Yes, yeah. Right? Why am I getting so frustrated and angry at this person right, all right. the time? Right? right. No, I want to come at it from a place of love, and I want them to know that I am. Yes. And then not a place of judgment. Right, right. You know, and so, and then I, the communication piece is the tone and manner. Yes. So, you know, I can write this stuff, but when you hear me talk, it's, I'm talking with a loving, kind tone in my voice. Right, right. And that goes a long, long way. Wow, yeah. Um, And and, and, yeah, way more effective than being, you know, a disciplinarian. Yes, Because that's just going to get them to rebel. I know. Anyway. Yeah. And then the respect piece Mm -hmm. is also there saying, hey, I get this. Yeah, exactly. I get your. I want you to be participating in helping us come up with the rules. Right, right, exactly. You know, think exactly. about it. Let's yeah. give it a try. Yes. Oh, that's good. Great. That is really great. Um, you have some tips on 
engaging and um, communicating with grandparents too. <laughs> so if you can shed some light on that, I'm just curious to, to hear. Well, yeah, I mean, as someone who's getting towards having adult children, mm-hmm. I guess I could consider my children adult children. Sure. Now. You know, as your kids get older and older, like the less advice you can give, the better. Okay. <laughs> you know? I mean, no one wants, listen, a little kid doesn't want to be judged. Right. A big kid definitely doesn't, doesn't want to be judged. Right. <laughs> and if you're giving advice and you're saying, well, I think you should do it this way or why aren't you doing it that way? That sounds like judgment. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because that sounds like, well, you don't think I'm doing it the right way. Right, right. right? Exactly. And so as a young mother who's hearing it from her own mother or, you know, her mother-in-law or father-in-law, whatever, her father, whoever it is Mm -hmm. that's questioning what she's doing can be very, very off-putting. Yes. And that, I think, is the root of so many issues (laughs) that come with the grandparents. Right, right. And so my first thing is to say, to really think about what it is that's bothering you in that relationship. Mm -hmm. And, And Probably a lot of it is judgment. Sure. And then you need to go and sit down and do the same clear type of thing. Yes, exactly. You know, it works with, there too, yeah. With with that particular grandparent. Mm. And, you know, I say it's got to be kind and loving again. Right. And, you know, let's say it's your mother-in-law, right? Maybe you don't love your mother-in-law so mm-hmm. much. You know, maybe you guys are kind of different personalities. And mm-hmm. But this is your husband's mother right is or right. your partner's mother mm-hmm. and so a they should get a little respect and b they did something right yes you know? yes 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 yeah so <laughs> we have to remember that right 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 yeah and gotta give the credit where it's due say you know you sit down and say you know what? it's so important to me that we have a great relationship and i really want you to be and have an active role with our children right you know? like right that grandparent child grandchild relationship is really special it's so special yes and i want really want to figure this stuff out on my own you know i may make mistakes along the way but you know my partner and i want really really want to do this ourselves Mm -hmm. you know if we're ever stuck you know we may want to come to you and and hear what you did we may not take that advice yeah you know we're all we'd be happy to listen, but we want you to know that this is a fun process for us. This is special. Right. We don't want to do it exactly the way you did it. Yes, we don't exactly. Want to do it exactly uh, the, way the way my mother did it. Right. The way and, and any the other, other family. Did yes. It. You know, yeah. Things mm-hmm. change. We're reading books. If the grandparent says, "I'm really concerned about blah blah blah," you can say, "You know what? Thank you for bringing that to my attention. I'm going to talk to my pediatrician." Mm. Okay, and that the end. Right, you don't, exactly. Don't fight it. Don't engage in it. Yeah. Just say, oh, thank you for letting me know. I'm going to talk to my pediatrician. Right. And that's the end. Uh, yeah, of the exactly. Yeah. You know? And then if they that's a good way out. go to you more, you can say, you know what? I did some research. I talked to my pediatrician and everything's fine, but thank right. you for your concern. Right, right. And not in a dismissive, rude way, but in a loving way. Mm, yes, yeah. You know, so there, much more powerful. Are, you know, and then in terms of the rules part, you know, if you don't want your in-laws popping in on un- unannounced, talk to them about it. Mm-hmm. Say, we want you to come. We love that you want to spend time with our child. But, you know, this let's let's schedule some times that work for both of us. Okay. <laughs> okay, so now I want to talk about your book. Um, your first book was Parenting 101 Ways to Rock Your World. Strategies for Parenting with Sanity and Joy. Um, And I absolutely loved this book. I read it in one sitting and I feel like it was just words of wisdom. Um, you practiced the clear method as you were, as you were writing it <laughs> because, because I felt like it was coming from such a respectful place and an empathetic place um, because all parents are faced with the same problem at some point in time with any age group child. And it, it felt like you were speaking to me. Um, there, tell us about you know how the book came about well I hated reading parenting books Mm -hmm. when I had young kids and middle schoolers and I felt 
that I was doing such a bad job as a mother when I would read these books because everything they said to do, I like felt like I had already missed the boat and I'd already right. screwed up my kids, <laughs> you know? And then I would try something new and my husband would say, you're reading another book, aren't you? And he would like, be able to tell like every time I read something new because I would be changing the rules. Or I would, right. So, <laughs> and I would never, also would never get through a whole book either. Yes, oh like, yeah, oh my goodness, right. So I wanted it to be really easy to read mm-hmm. and I wanted it to be very non-judgmental yes um and i i even say in the introduction like read a tip and literally there's one tip per page so right. you could just open it up and read a tip and put it away exactly um, if you want um i'm like if it resonates give it a try if you try it and it doesn't work for you or it doesn't even resonate, move on. Read yeah. something else. Right. You don't have to do all 101. <laughs> they're, they're there to exactly make your parenting easier to, you know, like the tagline says, strategies for parenting with, with sanity and joy. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I'm trying to do with this book. I call it the parenting book for parents who don't have time to read parenting books. Yeah, <laughs> yes, and that's that. There's many of us. <laughs> yeah, and I also think it's a kind of book that you can read now if you have a two-year-old, and then you can pick it up when you have a five-year-old, and you can you can pick it up every year, and you'll get something else out of it. Sure, read the tips differently because of the way the age that your child is at that point. Right, but they kind of work. From, you know, I say two to 22. Yeah, oh, I love that. Yes, and it's so, so true. I'm, I'm finding that. Um, there's some tips that I've bookmarked that I want to just go over with you. Okay. Um, tip number one was say yes with joy. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it was such a good one. I love that you started the book this way on, um, on a very happy note. Um, tell us about that. Yeah, well, it's, Number one, because it's my favorite too. Yeah, yeah. And it really did. When I figured this out, it made a huge difference in a lot of the things that I was doing for my kids. And it doesn't mean say yes all the time. Right, right. It means when you're going to say yes, say it with joy. Mm-hmm. Instead of, oh, all right, give me two minutes, fine. You yes, know, yes. like the thing that you really don't feel like doing, but mm-hmm. you know you have to do. Right, right. If you say, sure, I'd be happy to. Mm-hmm. I'd love to. Right. Give me a couple of minutes and I'll be right there. Yes. It will not only make your child feel good mm-hmm. about it, you know, and feel them, they won't feel guilty or, you know, like that they're putting you out. You will feel happier about doing it. You won't feel that kind of feeling of, I really don't want to do this, to do but this. I have to. Exactly, exactly. No, that's so true. I'm, I'm thinking of a scenario where, you know, of course, I mean, I have two-year-old twins and they get antsy and cabin fever and they love going to the park. And my husband already does this. When they they just are itching to go outside and they say, sometimes they say they want to go to the park. He will say it with such enthusiasm and be so emphatic, let's go to the park. (laughs) And they get so excited, you know, and it's just the entire experience is so much more fun. You know, it's not like, oh my God, fine. You know, you have to like drive your kid to a play date. Right. Or take them shopping for something. Yeah. what it helped them with a project Mm -hmm. whatever the thing is think about to yourself like wow this is an opportunity for me to spend a little time with time with them yes yeah and just the act of saying it and smiling when you do makes you feel better about it I mean it's crazy right really really works and even now if my kid needs a ride to the train station or Mm -hmm. whatever I say sure I'd love to oh do it because I'm now in the habit of doing it. But right. even that, like if I don't feel like it, I say it because it makes me feel it better. It makes you, yeah, and it makes them feel better, of course. Great. Um, the next tip was do not brag about your child. Um, and you uh, also included a quote by Khalil Gibran. Your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. And I found that to be so profound, um, especially, you know, in this social media driven world where even as adults, we tend to 
humble brag about ourselves all the time. Many people do it, right? And um, and then it kind of trickles through and, and parents are doing that about their kids. But then it just lends itself to more judgment or self-judgment or comparing yourself to one another, right? And it's just, yeah. it's not a yeah. good place to be in. It's not. I mean, listen, everyone, kids are wonderful. Yeah. You know, in their own way. You know, maybe one kid started walking sooner. Right. Maybe one kid started talking sooner. Mm -hmm. Maybe one kid just is incredibly talented at a sport or an instrument or whatever. And that's Mm -hmm. wonderful. Yes, yeah. You know, and enjoy that. Exactly. Exactly. But you don't need to constantly talk about it because really no one wants to hear. Exactly. Exactly. Your family does. Yeah. And that's great. And that's, yeah. There is another acronym that you mentioned, TMI, and it's not too much information. (laughs) In um, Sue Groner's book, it is Timing, Manner, and Intonation. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, that's a little bit about what I said before, Mm -hmm. Um, except we didn't touch on the timing. The timing, don't... Don't start an important conversation when your kid is exhausted. Right. You know, right. or when your kid has just like hungry. come off like <laughs> a bad experience yes. or something. Mm-hmm. You know, don't do it right before bedtime. Pick your spot. Pick your time. Mm. You know, go for a walk if it's an important conversation, if it's something you want to do. Maybe you do it after dinner when everyone's been fed and, you know, is a little more relaxed. Maybe Mm. you do it on a Sunday afternoon, you know. So the timing is really important. And then the manner and the intonation. Again, it's it's the tone of voice that you use. It's the pacing. It's all of that is part of the communication, mm-hmm. it's not just the words. Yes. You know, I mean, if you are home and your partner comes home and you're in the thick of it and you need help mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, you're finally here. I really need your help right now. <laughs> you know, could you do that? You know, that's not going to go over so well. Yeah, no, it's you know, true. It's like, true. Oh, I'm so glad you're home. I could really use a little help right now. Do you think that you have a few minutes? Yes. Yeah. And then you get the outcome that you want. So true. Um, This brings me to uh, tip number 26. Speak softly. The quieter the voice, the bigger the impact. And I am slowly learning this. Um, And I think, you know, maybe our knee-jerk reaction, especially when you have young kids, is to yell. (laughs) But then when you um, are kind of uh, coaching them through whatever it is um, and, you know, teaching them to not do something in a whisper, how powerful that can be. You know, they listen closely. Right. You know, it's like, right. you know, sweetie, we don't do that. You know, we don't hit, we don't, you know, whatever it is, it can be way more impactful than, oh my God, stop it. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, even in this, I think you can have a firm tone of voice and still speak softly mm-hmm. if it's something that's really important. If you want your kids to put their shoes on and you yell and you yell, we all know. Yeah. They're not listening to what you're saying at all. And so you need to go and look them in the eye mm-hmm. to kneel down. That's mm. another tip. Yeah, stoop to them. their level. Yeah, yes. to their level. So you need to do that and you need to talk softly to them mm. and then they will hear you. Um, another great tip was uh, number 10, create your own family traditions. And you said, um, just as examples, you can always wake up to a treasure hunt on birthdays or popsicles in the park on the last day of school and have that be your tradition. And I, I love that because I think we, we tend to peg family traditions on holidays, right. um, but then you can create a ritual um, just in the day to day that your kids can get excited about. And if you do it every year, every week, yeah, you, there's no so, reason why there's some of them can't be every week. I mean, right. We all wake up on Sunday mornings and you have a cup of tea together and play games. Exactly, that exactly. The first thing you do every Sunday morning. I mean, there's so many ways and things that you can do that starting your own. Mm-hmm. And that's very special to your own family that nobody else does. Right. Is a very nice thing. Yes. Uh, another acronym, um, tip number 87, Ohio. 
only handle it once. Right. Yeah, only handle it once. Mm-hmm. Don't take your coat and throw it on the floor because then you have to pick it up again and right. hang it up. Right? right, exactly. Don't put the dish in the sink. Put it directly in the dishwasher. Right, right. You know? So easy. The garbage goes right in the garbage bag. Yes, exactly. Why come back to do something that you can just be efficient, get it done? Right. You know? Um, failure is your friend. I think that's something that's hard for all of us to kind of grapple with, but um, it's something that we have to, you know, deal with as a parent and, you know, and you're kind of advising that we embrace that. Yeah, very much so. I don't think it should be considered a bad thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a learning opportunity. I mean, and I know that sounds sort of a learning, you know, (laughs) but the learning opportunities already. Yeah. (laughs) But... It is, I think, like, if kids really have a hard time with failure, if we, you know, and we, we're we not loving it open and accepting of it, then they want to try less things mm. where they might fail. You know, then their ability to problem solve, you know, will diminish because right. they're not going to be open to trying things that may not work. Right. You know, I right. mean, you know, with, the, with our kids, when, you know, maybe they came home and they were unhappy about a test grade or their report card or whatever. And, you know, instead of saying, why did you not get all A's or, you know, well, you know, mm-hmm. what do you think of your report card? Mm-hmm. You know, wow. it's, it's, I want them to own it. You know, right. We, want our, we should want our kids to really own these things and not get good grades or not succeed at something because it's going to make us happy mm-hmm. because they're going to get that external motivation. We want to help them develop the internal motivation. And you know, right. with a lot of kids, that doesn't happen yes. until they're much older. Right, but it right. it usually happens, you know? Yeah. And listen, it could happen after college. Right, right, know? yeah. But it... it Everyone evolves at their own space in their in their own space in their own time. In their own time, yes. You know, and we can't keep pushing and pushing and forcing and you know, it just causes so much conflict. So mm-hmm. you, know, you look at that report card and they go, Well, I wish I had done a little bit better um on you know, on my math in math and say, Okay, well, you know, do you have any ideas what you could do? Mm, wow. You know, instead of, well, you're going to have to work a lot harder. You're going to have to study a lot more. Oh, so what do you think you could do? Okay, great. That sounds great. Give yes. it a try. Oh, wow. I, this is really great. I think that this is um, essentially the opposite of helicopter parenting. Um, I wanted to actually share a scenario. A friend of mine works in HR, and she said she was just so appalled at the fact that a lot of the millennial children who are applying for jobs, um, their moms are calling to negotiate their salaries. So what do you have to say about that? I think it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. It's just, I think yeah. it's horrible that parents call professors in college. Yes. I think it's horrible that parents are calling teachers in high school or middle school or honestly, even grade school. Okay. You know, I think what we can do is help our children learn to advocate for themselves. Mm. That's what's important here. Right. And I think that if we can realize that the outcome, these individual outcomes are so much less important than the process. Okay. Right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if my kid has chores to do and maybe they don't do them well or maybe they forget three days out of the seven, it's a process. Right. So then we're going to talk about it. And we're going to say, well, what can you do? What do you think you can do to remember to do them on these other days? Exactly. You know? And so I'm not going to expect that as soon as we all agree that you now have chores to do, that the first week it's going to be perfect. Yes, exactly. But it's it's how you get to that point. Mm-hmm. And then you're not just getting them to do chores. You're getting them to learn to take on responsibility. Right. To remember. Hold to, themselves accountable. Yes. yes. so many great things that come. But it, we always have to remember this is a process. Mm. And these kinds of things take time. It's developing habits. It's breaking habits. Right. You know, and think about it for yourself. Yes, exactly. Right? I mean, exactly. Those things are not that easy. Yes. Right? Yeah, Exactly. It's great, great points. Uh, so what's next for you? You know, in addition to doing the workshops and the groups and the individual stuff, um, I'm really excited about working, you know, in the corporate 
environment Mm -hmm. because I just think that those are the parents who need the most support. Things like, you know, reducing the morning mayhem, right? I mean, how many parents just, I mean, you know how hard it is to get your kids out of the house in the morning. Imagine having to be at a meeting at a certain time that you have to be prepared and focused for. Sure. And by the time you get to work, you're already exhausted and frustrated and you probably yelled at your kids and you were washing and you're sweating. And, you know, like, how do you get out of the house in the morning and not feel that way? Right, right, right. There are a lot of, you know, fairly easy skills and strategies to help with that. Yes. How do you deal with sibling rivalry? How do you go to work? Or even if you're not full-time working, how do you deal with, you know, worrying constantly about that fight that your kid had with her best friend? Mm. You know, or the, you know, the... um, the audition for a play or tryouts for a team or a big test that your kid had. Like, you don't need to be spending so much of your day worrying about that stuff. Worrying, yes. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, we all went to school. We all experienced it. But we don't need to be there to wear our children's emotions. Yes. And again, let me say, this is not easy. It takes a long time to get to that point. Mm. You need to keep telling yourself this over and over. And even with me as the parenting mentor, for it took me talking about it for a long time until I actually embraced it and felt it. And now when my kids go through hard times, I am there for yes. them for support. <laughs> but I never question what they're doing or what they did, you know, and I don't. I, I really, really, truly look at this as an opportunity for them for mm-hmm. growth. Yes, for absolutely. Just more coping mechanisms. Right. More resiliency. I mean, that's so important. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. And if, if you can start doing that with a two-year-old or a three-year-old, oh my <laughs> you gosh. You are golden. You're golden. <laughs> and another, another thing that I feel is really important, um, and if you can start it with little kids, it's great. If you haven't, start it now. It's never too late, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I think one of the things we need to do is to start normalizing negative emotions. Oh, yes. Um, so when your kid is upset by something, instead of, we're going back to the fixing concept. Right. Instead of fixing, acknowledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? I don't blame you for feeling that way. Right. And validate. I would feel the same way. Or I'm such a bummer you didn't get invited to that birthday party. You know, when I don't get invited to a party or an event that I would really love to go to, I get disappointed too. Mm-hmm. And give them a hug. And that's kind of it. Yeah. You don't need to talk about it anymore. You don't need to then say, well, don't worry. We're going to go do something really fun that day. <laughs> right? That kind of defeats the purpose. Right, right, right. Let them sit with that motion. Yes, yeah. And they've gotten through it. Yes. You know, and when they do, you can acknowledge, mm-hmm. wow, you know, you were so frustrated a little while ago. And I watched how you got through that. And that was really impressive. You know, you must you must feel really good about that as opposed to I'm so proud of you. Yes, yes, you know? yeah. Because again, that's like how that's do another, you feel? Right. And you were able to do that. Right, right, right. And right. then we need to talk about our own feelings the same mm-hmm. way. Well, mommy is so frustrated right now. I've been looking all over for my phone and I can't find it anywhere. You know, I'm so frustrated I can't get my computer to work. I can't open this jar or like mm-hmm. anything that you find frustrating or disappointing or you're worried about. Yes. Our kids need to see that we feel those things and that they're normal. It's normal, yes. Because I really think that, you know, when we're always saying, and I used to do this, oh, sweetie, don't worry, it'll be fine. <laughs> oh, honey, don't be sad, it's okay. Right. Right? All those feelings, what are we saying? Uh, yes. Don't don't feel, feel sad. Way. Yeah, exactly. Feel that right, way. right. Or and not cry. Yeah, and so yeah. then when they do, they're thinking, I feel this way, but I shouldn't feel this way. Right. So now there's something wrong with me. Or yes. then there's the anxiety. Like I right. really double down. Yeah. Yep. You know? Absolutely. I don't be worried about being worried. Right. Don't right. be concerned about feeling sad. Like, okay, exactly. I feel sad. Yeah. That's a normal emotion. And exactly. tomorrow I won't. And you won't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You will get through it uh, and allow yourself to. Yeah. How has motherhood changed you as a person? I think it probably made me a much less judgmental person. Mm. 
um, first of all, I don't judge other parents. You know, there could be, you know, one of your good friends could have a kid who's just really, really, you know, difficult. And it had nothing to do with, with the parenting. Yes. Yeah. You know, nobody yeah. knows what goes on. And, you yeah. know, you could look and just see a kid acting out or acting up and, you know, just assume, well, what's the matter with that mother? What's right. What's the matter with that father? Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. But you don't, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. And also with my own kids, like, I don't have, like, these ridiculous expectations. And the more I just kind of observe, the more fascinating I find it. You know? Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> if we kind of say to ourselves, wow, I'm so lucky to have the opportunity to watch a little human being evolve into an adult. I get that privilege. Right, right. Then it kind of changes our perspective a little bit. Instead of I have this little child and I'm going to mold it into what I want it and expect it to be. Yeah. I'm going to just see what happens. I'm going to present opportunities and, and guide, guide yeah. and let them go with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's you know, so like, beautifully put. I also put. think like, the concept of quitting is such, an, is such a negative. And instead, it's, okay, I'm done with this. I want to try something else. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Like if your kid is doing a sport, yeah, you know what? You made a commitment to the season. You got to stick it out. But if you want to try something else afterward, that's great. Right. Go for it. (laughs) You know, I think that life should be like a funnel. You know, you start out at the bottom of the funnel and it keeps getting wider and wider and wider. Mm -hmm. More and more and more opportunities instead of the other way around where you like are pigeonholed into having to do one thing and excel at only one thing. Right, right. I'm still learning and growing. Yeah. I love how you put that. Okay, so one thing that I do ask um, all of my guests is their mom sense moment. (laughs) And mom sense is, you know, my coined term for um, a mother's own sixth sense, our intuitive power. So um, was there, you know, a point in time that you remember that it's like, oh, wow, I I trusted my mom sense here and it didn't steer me wrong? Yeah, there is actually. And after having like positive results from what I did, mm-hmm. I just continued to do it okay. with both of my kids. And we were, <clears throat> we were actually in Telluride, Colorado. My daughter was maybe sixteen months old. Mm. I think she was really young. Yes. Um, and I could see she was starting to get a little agitated. Where we were, we were sitting in a booth in a restaurant. I remember, and this person that we kind of knew came and sat with us, and I could just sense that she wasn't having a good time with this experience at okay. the moment. And I didn't want it to get worse. Right. And so I just picked her up, and we went somewhere quiet, and I just sat with her and said, hey, you know, just want to let you know what's going on. This is John, that guy. We met him here. I explained to her, like, I didn't baby talk her. Mm, okay. Like that I just told her what was going on, mm-hmm. that we were going to all have dinner together, and so she would know and have the expectations of what was happening. Okay. I think, some, you know, so many kids, like, they're just thrown into situations without actually knowing it. And that's what can really upset them. Mm-hmm. But so she knew. She said, okay, we came back. And she was totally fine. And I saw, like, even in her face, like, she just relaxed because she knew oh. what to expect. And from then on, whether it was her next birthday party where we went through exactly what was going to go on. She wanted Big Bird and Elmo to call. Yeah. And, but, you know, I knew Sometimes kids get really scared about that. Yes, so yeah. we went over and over exactly how the party was going to go. And so then she would repeat it back. And so I found that the more I could prepare my kids mm. for anything that was out of the normal routine, the happier and better off that they would be. Wow, that's really good advice. Let's not forget our quote of the day. There are lots of quotes that resonate with me, and I'm always finding new ones. Mm -hmm. I actually heard one yesterday that I wrote down, Mm -hmm. and it's not probably not verbatim. Right. Um, It was actually, I was in the car, and I heard former Vice President Biden giving a speech. Let's use our example as power, not our power as example. Oh, wow. 
Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, That's powerful. You know, yeah, my power as a mother to a little kid is I could yell and punish, and but what good is that, right? Yeah. I set an example and use that. It's now time for Mom Hall, when we share products we love. So is there a product that you just want to share with everyone? Yeah, there, well, there are two, actually. Yeah, Can sure. Two? Okay. Of course. One of them, which are, my whole family loves, are Yasso Bars. Okay, Yasso. Y-A-S-S-O. Yasso Bars are mm-hmm. 100 calories, and they're yummy. Mm-hmm. They come in all different flavors, and they're actually really good. Okay. Um, I think they're like Greek yogurt bars, but they don't have that like soury taste. Oh, yum. Yeah, they're really good. Those sea salt caramel ones. Okay. <laughs> good to know. Yeah. yeah the other, I guess the other thing that I'm loving lately is high quality CBD oil. Mm. Um, I take some drops under my tongue every night before I go to sleep. And it just, you know, I've never had much of a problem sleeping, but it really does give me a better sleep. And, you know, supposedly it really helps with anxiety and you just need to get a really good quality one. Right, right. Um, And then you take the tincture and you just put the drops under your tongue and you just let them absorb. I think, yeah, I'm sure a lot of us moms need that, you know. Yeah, I think it would be such a great thing for moms. Mm -hmm. Help them get to sleep. Yeah, and check out. You know what I mean? I think that there's so many things swirling in our heads, especially right before bed, Um, to-do lists. And I mean, if you are worried about something, but it's just, it's a lot. And um, so, yeah, it's nice to, sometimes you need a little assistance to just check out. Right. Rather than taking a prescription. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. This is still like manufactured medicine this is like all natural, natural and- mm-hmm. okay well thank you so much for being on the show this was so insightful and it was just fun to be able to chat with you and connect with you on on this personal level um, I know that I'm going to definitely use clear um, now in my parenting and I think a lot of the moms listening are going to do the same oh, so, I hope so. <laughs> great wonderful thank you How did you like today's episode? Sue is amazing, isn't she? I loved her book, Parenting, 101 Ways to Rock Your World, Simple Strategies for Parenting with Sanity and Joy. The tips are short and sweet and apply to kids of all ages. So whenever you are seeking a bit of advice, you can pick up the book, take it in, and implement the strategy in your daily routine. It's brilliant. I want to thank you all for listening and subscribing to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. I'd like to share one of my reviews with you now. This one is by C. Cash, and he says, My sister loves listening to your podcast and just happens to be expecting, so I was trying to help her find some new shows, and I stumbled upon Kanika's That's Total Mom Sense. Ever since I showed her, she's been obsessed, so I just want to leave a quick thank you for scoring me some good big brother points. (laughs) Smiley face. Oh my goodness, this review makes me so happy. You are definitely getting those brownie points, buddy, and you're going to be an awesome uncle. I can already tell. I wish your sister a very happy and healthy pregnancy. And if you're listening, savor every moment, sweetie. Meditate, take time to connect with yourself and the baby and all your loved ones. You are creating something so beautiful and your life will be forever changed when your little one arrives. Well, uh, write to me, all of you, at thatstotalmomsense at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, or just want to say hi. And remember, always trust your mom sense. Stay strong, super mamas. See you next time. That's Total Mom Sense.